Welcome to another episode of Green and Gritty. We are four master's students trying to make environmental education a little more accessible. We are so excited that you joined us today in our little corner of the internet. So stick around. This is going to be a fun episode. everyone. Welcome to episode 10. This week we have the honor of meeting with the wonderful Kelsey Irvine from an Ontario-based clean beauty company, Birch Babe. Thanks to the hard work of the dedicated Birch Babe team, Kelsey has brought a fresh new feel to advertising through the work of storytelling. Kelsey is here to talk with us about clean beauty and how using a little bit can go a long way. Birchweave is one of the most dedicated companies we have come across as they truly do their due diligence in researching all aspects of their business to make sure their environmentally conscious values shine through their, their entire product line. And as usual, links to Birchbabe's website and Instagram page will be linked in the episode description so you can all check out this amazing company. Oh, such a nice introduction. <laughs> Well, we're really glad to have you, and I get the honor of asking you uh, our first question, which is awesome. <laughs> so cool. I'm ready for it. Let's go. <laughs> so for our listeners who aren't familiar with the Birch Babe story, could you tell us a little bit how the company was created and what inspired it? Yes, absolutely. I love telling this story, and a little um, sneak peek is that we will have a video um, very soon, maybe when this gets released, actually that tells our story that I had the honor of directing uh, with my mom and my family. So the story of Birch Babe actually started about three and a half years ago when my mom, Debbie, she decided to just get away and she went on this six month uh, solo trek from the southern tip of Patagonia to the northern tip of Chile by herself. And um, on this trek, she really kind of started to connect more to nature. She noticed that people in Patagonia, especially, were very conscious of what they put into the environment and what they took from it. So when she came home, she had this like huge wake up call. And within six months, she had left her job, retired early, moved to the cottage full time. And then she just started making soap. And originally, it was just for herself. She wanted to make sure she was, you know, putting stuff in her body that she knew was pure, was sourced ethically. Um, and just consciously made. And she also wanted to make sure that it wasn't impacting the environment the way that she knows a lot of skincare products do. Then uh, she started giving it to friends and then she started going to festivals. And three and a half years later, she had gotten Birch Babe into around like almost 35 stores across North America. Uh, and around that time, the pandemic hit and I had been watching Birch Babe from the sidelines. And like, I would go to festivals with my mom and I would help out. Um, and I knew it was a really great product because Everyone raved about it. She got so many amazing, like authentic reviews. She had influencers from overseas, like in Italy with a hundred thousand followers, like raving about it that you that worked for Vogue. And um, the branding was like, the branding was good, but it wasn't like amazing. Cause my mom's not a marketer or a brander. So my partner Graham and I decided to come on board and rebrand Birch Babe. And then my sister came on board about six months in and started running the studio. And um, as of October 1st, 2020, we rebranded Birch Babe with like this really cool, fresh new look that represented the brand in the way that we knew it deserved to be re represented um, with new packaging, new logo, like photo shoot. We connected to a ton of um, the community to talk to them and get their feedback. And yeah, now it's kind of got this like, you know, a whole life of its own. It's, it's our Birch Baby and it's <laughs> become this family um, this family collective that makes it work. So 
that's kind of the story of Birch Babe. Oh, I love that. And I love how you call it your Birch Baby. I think that's one of the, that's the <laughs> cutest thing. That's really cute. <laughs> I, I think this is honestly one of the best stories, how it kind of went through your family and how you took it on and allowed it to have this uh, fresh look, but also, you know, kept the integrity of it. I think that's amazing. That's where I find all like the best companies are. Sorry to cut you off. Just like it's all the best, <laughs> like the family run, like the it's everything. It, they're the best ones, best products, best service, best mm-hmm. look, everything, best values. Can't get better than it. I think the reason it really worked was because we all came from like such different backgrounds. Like I have a creative and advertising background and I'm also a film and commercial director. So I brought like the creativity and the vision and like the look and feel. And then my partner Graham is like this um, incredible uh, business uh, entrepreneur. So he knew how to like run a company and start a company um, that was going to have like this incredible longevity and and clout that we want Birch Babe to have. And so he was really the backbone of that. And then my sister is just like such a workhorse, smart, savvy, like way cooler than me. She's like 60 <laughs> tattoos and she knows how to run a studio. Um, she had run like to- so many different bars in her previous life. So she knew how to like conduct a room, run, run a studio, do shipping, handling, all that stuff. And then my mom is just this, you know, genius mad scientist entrepreneur (laughs) Um, yeah entrepreneur and creative person and then now my sister's partner actually Kane is is also making soap so it really is like we have so many other people that also help as well that I won't name so I don't want to miss anyone but it, it has become this like beautiful family collective yeah I love that it's a community you've created a community oh I I love it um, I would like I kind of have a, like an understanding of how like your family and community plays a role in sustainable beauty for you. But I'm curious, what does clean and sustainable be- sustainable beauty mean to you generally or for the brand? Um, for me, so for me or for the brand? Uh, let's hear both. I'm interested to hear <laughs> yeah. both. Yeah, I would love to I hear agree. it. <laughs> All right. I love that question. Uh, Clean and sustainable beauty. I'll answer it two ways. One, what it means to me and the other is what it means to Birch Babe. So what clean and sustainable beauty means to me is really just, you know, trying to do one thing each day that is good. And it can be little, it can be like I shared um, another brand's, uh, you know, message or I saved it or I I shared it to a friend or I celebrated them on the Birch Babe account because we love celebrating other sustainable brands. I gave someone some um, feedback or tips or I used a new product or I looked up something about the environment online. It's like celebrating the wins and then not beating myself up for the losses. Like for example, sometimes I'm just like, oh, I need to get rid of all of the makeup I ever owned in my life (laughs) that ever had any plastic or toxins in it. And I need to start completely clean and like redo my whole bathroom. And it's just not really realistic. So for me, it's like, okay, I'm not going to buy anything anymore. Um, I'm going to use up what I have. Mm. And then when I have to buy something new, I'll think about it. I'll research it and I'll buy something that I need. And I found that that actually, it feels so good. And the way I used to live, and even when I was like a con, I've always been conscious, but like you can mm-hmm. be, you can think that you're conscious, but your actions might behave differently. So it's like connecting what my, what my intentions are inside with my actual actions. And that's where I'm really getting to these days is really in alignment with that. And with that, I mean, I, yeah, I would just shop carelessly. And so I have 
I have stuff that I don't even need. And I used to think that I needed something new. And when you kind of stop shopping and it's been a while and you just use what you have, I've had more than I need for like a year. I'm still using makeup that I had from before and, and I don't need anything else. Whereas before I just always, I need a new color. I need this and new lips. I actually don't. I'm living just fine with what I have. Mm-hmm. And that feels really good. It feels really clean and it feels really conscious. So for me, it's just celebrating the wins and not beating myself up about the losses and also not judging others if they're not behaving in the way that I think is appropriate or I think is is right because everyone's on their own journey. So I hope that answers that question. And That's then, amazing. Yeah. And it took me a while to get here. I mean, it didn't happen overnight. And then I'd say for Birch Babe, how we really try to celebrate um, sustainability and clean beauty with our community is um, it's similar to that. It's really not putting pressure on people. Like, you know, for example, we understand that some consumers are just trying out sustainability for the first time. And so not everyone is going to be, you know, selling their home in the suburbs and moving to a cabin in the woods and like growing all their own produce and living off of solar panels and collected water. Like that's just not possible for everybody. Uh, And it's not realistic. Some people, um, you know, they might've been doing it for a long time. They might just be starting. They might be following in their friend's footsteps. They might be curious about it. So for us, it's really about celebrating that you don't have to be a hundred percent zero waste. You don't have to be 100% plastic-free. If you just start by buying like a shampoo bar and maybe you use it in your hair or maybe you just use it on your body and to shave because our shampoo bars are package-free. They just have like a little piece of paper around them. Um, Then that's great. And maybe you have a shampoo bar in your shower, but your body wash is still in plastic and you know your body cream when you get out is still in plastic. That's okay because it's all about baby steps. And it's celebrating that. And how we try to show that with our community is um, we celebrate everyone at every level that they're at. And we'll even share photos sometimes on Instagram of a Birch Bay product in someone's bathroom with some other product that might be in plastic. Mm-hmm. Because we accept that it is okay. And we accept that it's the little changes from a lot of people that make a big difference versus 100% change from a small amount of people. It's really great. That's a really yeah. great answer. And I feel like that also made, um, you know, clean beauty seem less daunting and definitely yes. less overwhelming because everything that you said, I really believe so much in is little steps and finding what works for you and piecing it together until you reach that level where you're really content and happy with the level of clean beauty that you're or a clean lifestyle and living mm-hmm. in general. Actually, that it does segue really perfectly into the next question. So if no one else has any other <laughs> questions, uh, comments, I'd love to get into the next one. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So um, for our Green and Gritty listeners, we did have an original meeting uh, before the interview just to get to know each other better. And actually, Kelsey coined this phrase that we really loved. Um, and it was little changes, minimal ingredient ingredients, and less packaging. And that's been in my mind ever since. Um, I really do... I personally, and I think a lot of the girls here, um, we relate it back to our experience of transitioning into more eco-conscious lifestyles. So, you know, for me, it was even taking the first step to look up uh, minimal packaging stores or bulk uh, zero zero waste and bunny ears stores nearby um, and getting to the basics of like what will sustain me and just the little things that can grow into a habit. Like 
composting and using bar dish soap instead of my regular dish soap. Um, so anyways, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about how that phrase has impacted, impacted the decision-making process of birch week. Yes. I need to TM that phrase or something because I don't even know where it came from that day. But it was good. Little, I know. I'm like, Oh my God, like, where can I use that? So it's little changes, minimal packaging. And I don't even know what the rest of it was. What was that? I forgot what I said. It was little changes, minimal ingredients, and less packaging. Oh, like, it's so good. good. Okay. Yeah. Um, little changes, minimal ingredients, and less packaging. Okay. So I think that just came out of me subconsciously because what's funny is after I said that phrase, my mom wrote me the next day being like, oh, if you're doing a talk, you should talk about minimal ingredients. And I was like, I think I just said that like in the call that we were going to talk about that. So we were super in sync. So little changes I already talked about. I mean, it's all about just celebrating, making little changes at whatever degree or level in your life you are on your journey to sustainability. Minimal ingredients. Um, a lot of people don't know this and maybe those who are listening who do, incredible. Um, but there's so many ingredients in so many beauty products. Like most of them have more than 50 and that's good, I guess, but not really. Uh, it sounds great when you're like, Oh, look at all these ingredients. I need all of this, but we really don't. And once you have 50, over 50 ingredients or even over 30 ingredients, what happens that some people don't realize is that you're actually only getting like one or 2% of the really good stuff. And there's not much that one or 2% of like something really good in a product that has 50 ingredients can do for you anymore. In addition, they often end up having like alcohol and a bunch of other stuff. And then once you get like into the many, many ingredients. So we really try to focus at Birch Babe on, you know, they often have 10 ingredients, 15 ingredients, because then you're getting a lot of the really good stuff. You're getting a lot of rose water. You're getting mm -hmm. a lot of rose hip extract. You're getting a lot of avocado oil. You're getting a lot of cacao um, butter. You're getting a lot of the stuff that's really good for your skin. So you're literally feeding your skin. Your body's not being overwhelmed by this insane amount of ingredients just for the sake of preserving something or I don't know what. Uh, and that's really what minimal ingredients is. I mean, a lot of people could probably make skincare at home and I celebrate those who do. Um, for those who don't, there's Birch Babe, <laughs> which is the next best thing. Uh, and then I'd say minimal, I think it's less packaging mm. is, uh, less packaging. I love this cause it really is the core of everything Birch Babe does. We're all about like, if we don't need packaging, we don't have packaging. Uh, even with some of our refillery stores that we, uh, sell to, if we ask them before they order, would you like a wrapper on your shampoo bar? So a wrapper is just like this little piece of paper we put on a shampoo bar that says what it is. And, and it's great because it says what it is. It has the ingredients, but some refilleries don't want it. And so we won't give it to them because it's just it's less packaging. It's not necessary. We don't need to have the Birch Babe information if they don't want that. Um, we also focus so much on making sure everything is plastic free. I'd say that we are 95% plastic free. I have a couple items here where it's like, you know, this is the face cream. It's glass and it's metal. Our lip and cheek tints are glass and metal. Um, a few items that have plastic are like the toner, the leave-in conditioner, and um, the serums. The lid is um, 
well, this isn't plastic, but like the straw that's inside because it's a spray is plastic. And then a little bit um, inside here is plastic, not the vial. The vial is glass. We made sure to find one that was glass. Um, these, we just couldn't find an alternative, but what we're actually doing now, because we're so focused on like, how do we get to be hundred percent plastic free? Um, we have found a uh, new packaging where, um, you know, the toner doesn't need to have a spray. You can just pour it into a toner pad, which will be coming soon. And the serum doesn't need to have uh, a vial. It can have a lid. And so soon into the, in the future, hopefully by spring, we'll have an option where, Anyone who's shopping at Birch Babe, you can buy the serum with the vial if you choose to, because some people are new to this sustainable journey and this is still better than plastic, like an entire plastic container. But then if you come back and shop again for the same product, you can get it with a metal lid. So you can read mm. the vial that you already have, or if you don't want a vial at all, you can just buy it with the metal lid. So it's really like still being accommodating to people who are new to this sustainable journey but also making sure that we're doing everything we can if you choose to really not want to have plastic um, mm -hmm. because that's super important to us. Conscious consuming and conscious creating, like thinking that step ahead of like, when you want to refill, how can we do that and make it even less packaging? And that's mm -hmm. really, I really appreciate that. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, and it's not easy. It's definitely the harder way to do things. But um, when you have a strong belief system in your business and what your purpose is and our purpose is to basically that tagline, like, I can't even remember it. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. I can't even remember it. That's how good it is. That's you know? how good it is. So good. <laughs> like when you like when you meet someone and you have a crush on them and then the next day you can't remember what they look like. <laughs> Does that happen to anybody? Often. Yes. Very often. Yeah. That means you really like them because you like connected <laughs> to their soul. <laughs> Jesus. It oh needs gosh. to go on a patch or a pin. Anyways, I'll remember to but yeah, but that's really like the core of what we do. Our core is to be um like as plastic free and um like good for your bodies and good for the environment and like how do you do that you make things plastic free how do you make things plastic free you do it the hard way but it's worth it in the long run and that's one of the things that we love the most about birch babe and i honestly get so excited for just like the last time we met and now this time hearing it all over again like i'm so excited I just want to like fist bump and excitement <laughs> anyway <laughs> yeah i'm just excited it's just all my research coming into fruition anyways um but can you talk about uh, any challenges that you guys have come across, like upholding this value because it's so important and it's so hard to find like suppliers that like withhold the same values as you guys? Absolutely. It's a huge challenge. Um, it's a huge challenge. And I would say for any businesses that are trying to do what we're doing, like go for it um, and take baby steps. Because when we first came out of the gate in October 1st, we were like, we're going to have compostable labels too. Everything's going to be like biodegradable. And Sometimes it's better to just like do a little bit at a time so you can be successful at getting people what they need as opposed to crashing and burning by trying to do everything at once, which is why we relaunched October 1st with like 95% plastic free so that we could take the time to really make sure that as we were going 100% plastic free, we were really doing it right. Um, and so I'd say some challenges would be like when we first wanted to get compostable labels we looked everywhere for them and we ended up using a few, but what happens is that when they got wet, they would like fall apart. And so it was really weighing the, like the options of, okay, we have this label that might get wet. Someone might use it in the shower, or take it to the gym or travel. And then they have a poor experience. And it's not necessarily about 
us wanting to maintain the brand on their packaging, but it's really about wanting to have someone have a nice package um, that they can carry with them and be proud to, to carry with them. And we figured that, you know, we've done everything as much as we can everywhere else. Like, let's give them a good label until we find a compostable label that works. So it's really kind of like weighing your, like the business decisions that way. Um, but we did try. And then I'd say too, another big thing is the lip and cheek tints. And anyone that knows Birch Babe is like, when are the lip and cheek tints going to be available? I get asked like three times a day on Instagram and Facebook. And I'm so <laughs> sorry they're not available. I just keep telling everyone like next week. Um, because I genuinely think it's going to be next week and then it doesn't happen. And so I'd say with these, when we relaunched, they actually used to have like these bamboo lids and um, it, it, it's kind of like greenwashing in a way, but we weren't trying to greenwash anyone because we never lied that they weren't plastic. Like it looks bamboo on the outside, but when you open it, there's, it's plastic lined. So we're like, okay, this mm -hmm. is, it's just not going to cut it. So when we relaunched, we relaunched with metal lids. And then what happened was that our supplier kind of fell through and there was really only one supplier that we knew that had the metal lids. So we um, ordered them again, wrong size, didn't get delivered, COVID happened, like they got lost somewhere. There was just all these problems that kept happening. And I really think it was the universe testing us to say, how much do you really want to be plastic free? Because it would have been so easy for us to just get plastic lids and call it a day or we had hundreds of these bamboo lids, just use those, sell the lip and cheek tints, like make a bunch of money. But it was too important for us to hold true to our values of like, no, we know there's an option that's plastic free and we're going to find that option that's plastic free. And so we talked to so many vendors from all around the world, got samples in and we finally, finally have um, lip and cheek tint lids that have arrived. Um, we're waiting for them to be delivered. We've ordered a ton of them so that we won't run out. Um, but in that case, it's an issue that wasn't due to us not being able to keep up with the demand. Like our studio is, is very capable of that. It was just that um, it was about, do we sell something or do we stay true to our values? And it was more important to stay true to our values. I love that. Um, so then if we could, I wanted to ask if we can just like compare you guys is compared to like the industry on like sticking to values or just like selling stuff so would you say it's more common practice like in the beauty industry to lightweight packages just just get product out or to do the research that you guys at birch babe do to get the right products you want for your materials for your products that's a good question i don't know because i don't work at other <laughs> beauty brands um, and I try and I don't judge other, other brands because everyone's doing their own thing. And honestly, I'm too busy focusing on us doing what we know is right to focus on what other people are doing. That's wrong. Um, I do have some people that are like, look at them, they're greenwashing. They say that they have like eco-friendly packaging, but really they have plastic lids. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> so it definitely exists. Yeah. Like I definitely do see it often where people are like, look at our eco-friendly packaging. And it's just like, the bottoms are glass, but the lids are plastic. And mm -hmm. I know that you can get metal lids. Um, so I, I find that kind of funny. And, but at the same time, like they have glass packaging instead of plastic packaging. So maybe that's still something to celebrate. Right. That's the little change. It's a little change. Yeah. So I think for me, I try to, I try to, to steer things in the way of like, okay, maybe they're not doing it the way that we would do it, but that's why we're not working with them. Like we're doing what Birch Babe wants to do, which is um, 
be the best that we can be at this. And it's funny because when I talk to people about it, especially you and everyone's like, oh my God, what you're doing is so refreshing and it's so different. And like, I've been waiting for this my whole life. I'm just like, I don't understand why no one else is doing it. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, it just seems like, why wouldn't you do it? Like, if you could be plastic free, why wouldn't you be? Yeah. So I'd say it's kind of just like our eyes just on the prize of like being as clean and as pure and as authentic and true to like what we say we're doing as possible that um, I'm not focusing on what everyone else is doing. I mean, maybe they'll follow suit and that that would be something to celebrate. And if they don't. It's their loss, really. It's like that's, <laughs> their, that's their value system. For sure. So then talking about like being as plastic free as possible, there's a lot of alternative packaging that's coming um, to like the market. I, we talked, you kind of mentioned on like compostable labels um, and there is a lot of like bioplastic talk being introduced. And I was wondering, so it's a bit of a worded question. So I'll just word vomit and then you can just uh, <laughs> pick how you like to respond to it. But with like, um, do you, can you speak on any of the durability with like the new materials being introduced specifically with like bioplastics? Can they hold up as such as glass? Are they becoming like a new favorite in the changing or is glass still like the primo standard? Um, and then like, or is like recycled PET because that's being like a, like a more used in like food and beverage. Is that also going to kind of transfer over to beauty industry and then lastly <laughs> um do you find that the beauty industry is spending a, a more attention on like the secondary packaging rather than transitioning the entire packaging process to a more sustainable alternative for packaging that's a very good question i wish i knew <laughs> enough about it to answer it like a crazy scientist um but i'm not what i can say about it though is this for example, um, Pharrell Williams came out with the brand Human Race. I don't know if anyone knows it. Mm-hmm. Human Race is um, it's a skincare brand and they are making um, their products are in plastic, but it's like 50% recycled plastic, I think, or it's like a lesser footprint. And then they have this cool thing where you can do a refill program where instead of getting like your, like the same face cream container, you can get it in this like little pill box that is recyclable. So when I saw that, I was like, that's so cool. Oh my God, how do we do that? It's amazing. And then the more I dug into it, I was like, well, I don't really know if I want to do it because I don't, I don't really want to be 50% plastic, even though Mm -hmm. it's better. And Mm -hmm. and maybe it is amazing. Like it, it is amazing. I'm super celebrating it. It's just for us, it's like, okay, we don't want to be plastic, not just because we find that plastic is bad for the environment, but also because there's this whole new issue that no one really talks about enough of microplastics. Mm -hmm. And then there's this whole other thing of like, okay, if you have a jar and it's made out of plastic, like how much of that plastic is seeping into the product and going into our bodies? And so I don't know if if it's better or worse um, because I'd have to dig into the whole like, how much energy goes into producing it, how much energy Mm -hmm. goes into recycling it. I just know that for us, we try to be as pure as possible because at Birch Babe, it's not just about being plastic free. It's also about connecting back to nature and you can connect back to nature with pure ingredients. You can connect back to nature with a smaller footprint. You can connect back to nature by using things that aren't harmful for the environment. And if you're using a product that's in glass, it's just way more pure. 
Mm-hmm. It's keeping the product more pure. Um, the amber we pick for a reason. It helps protect things like rosehip oil yep. and rosehip extract. Um, so it just keeps things pure. And that's sort of where we're at. And then um, I will say though, Pharrell, if you're watching this, <laughs> I wish <laughs> Pharrell, uh, he did inspire me and the team to be like, oh my God, how do we bring um, that? refill program to consumers like how do we do that because we're kind of doing a refill program uh with some stores and it is slow going where we're saying hey if you get your customers to bring back their jars it's kind of like what mac used to do if they bring back six or eight we will pay for you to ship them back and then we will reuse the ones that that are sanitary to reuse just to help um lessen our footprint even more but now i'm like how do we do that direct to consumers so it's a long time coming, but we are looking into certain products. I can't say which ones where it is possible and easier for consumers to go online. You don't have to get it in a jar. If you don't want to keep recycling your jar, you can get it in a package that um, is more eco-conscious or hopefully compostable depending on the product. And that's kind of like me taking a note from Pharrell, but being like, how do I take it to the next level? I love that. I think you answered my word vomit question perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I know it was a lot. I just, I like to, I am always curious about the background of like how decisions for packaging are made. Cause I know that it's a really complex process and there's a lot of thought that goes into it. Um, I was just wondering if you could clarify just for the listeners, um, like the amber of glass and why that's important as like a decision making. Cause I don't know if people, if everyone knows why glass is chosen for specific reasons to protect product. My mom can answer this way better cause she's more mm. of the scientist, but for example, there's certain ingredients that, um, that you don't want them to get, uh, the sun will affect them because they're pure organic ingredients. And some of those ingredients, for example, would be like rosehip oil or rosehip extract. It's high in vitamin C um, and, and many other like vitamins and so much stuff that's good for you. It's the best way, in my opinion, to get like, if you want to get retinol, which is like a huge thing right now, but you don't want to mm-hmm. get it like in a pill yeah like a pill or like medically like i'm doing certified yeah like it's horrible it's fine but if you want to get retinol and you want to get like not like the natural closest way like just pack your skin full of rosehip oil and rosehip extract and so for example the rejuvenating face cream has a lot of it in it so it's an amber glass to help protect those ingredients from the sun um that's really sort of um I guess the science behind it or the reason behind it, my mom can give a way better answer than I can. And then things like the serum has tons of those ingredients and oils in it. So we put them in an amber bottle, same with the face serum. This is the hair serum. And then ones that have just like a little bit less, uh, you don't, you can put them in a clear glass as well. Uh, And so that's just something nice to look for is that there is a reason for amber versus clear. and I can look that up and give you a much better answer later. But I know that those are like, you know, kind of the key. I, I think you answered that perfectly. I just didn't want to um, answer it in the debrief later because you were on the topic <laughs> now. And I thought, what better yet than have uh, you answer it with your own product to show the example. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's super interesting. I had no idea that for Beer that, bottles, right? There's like the three true, different kinds. True. I don't know if ingredients. that's why they do it for beer, but I feel Ugh. like it would make sense because some of them, like the more hoppy ones, I guess. No, yeah, it is. And then the different types of glass allows, like, where it was manufactured, if it can be recycled domestically or not. 
So it's kind of like that, but skincare. Yeah. It's really cool. It just like even goes further to show how much you know the product inside and out to make sure it mm. like you're reaping the most benefit you possibly can from it by protecting it in various ways. That's right. Really cool. And how much like, like you said, like care Birchwave actually puts into their products and making sure their mm-hmm. consumers have a good experience with their products. That's really good. I'm dying to make an order now. <laughs> <laughs> But it's all my mom. She's super hardcore with it, with the whole science behind it. Like she, like we're certified natural. Sorry, we're certified natural, working on being uh, certified organic. But like most ingredients in many of the products, especially the organics collection, are like ninety five percent organic. Um, she has a diploma um, as like an organic skin formulator. But it's um because I just I deal with like the marketing stuff but I know everything is like super hardcore in the Birch Babe studio and they we have a chemist that looks at everything they test everything like it's very she's very like careful and specific and all about how does this make someone get optimal you know clean beauty but also not impact the environment Mm -hmm. that's so cool there's like there, there's, I, know. I know I always knew there was a whole science behind skincare, but hearing that there's like actually a chemist there I know, testing it's so everything cool. and, and looking at how all the different impacts is really interesting. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. She's uh it's cool. It's very um it's really special. It's like creating it's creating like the most authentic little thing that we can give to the world, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, wait, Kendra, did you have another question or was it? Yeah, I have yeah, okay, a question. Okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I lost track. I was like mesmerized by Kelsey talking. Same, Honestly, I'm just enjoying yeah. listening to this so much. And Kelsey, you're such an amazing storyteller. So I just feel it, like, uh, like I just want to listen the whole time, forget to talk. <laughs> Genuinely. And then I remember, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's so cool. And I'm off j- daydreaming. Exactly. And just, I'm visualizing everything. And I'm like, oh, right. Uh, that's me. Okay. So. All right. Take it away. <laughs> moving on. So it's actually, it's really cool having this conversation, which we keep saying over and over again because it's true. Um, but in we're all master students in environmental studies. And I think in all of our classes, the common discussion that we always hear is like, this is the greener way that we could do things, but it's just not economically feasible. So they're not going to do it. Or there's not a, there's not a drive to do it X, Y, and Z. And we hear that in so many different ways. And one of the ones that we hear about is like, well, sustainable alternative packaging, it's possible, but is it economic for those companies? And it's normally seen as too great of an economic expense um, upfront. But and we have also learned that it does show to be worthwhile investment long term. So I really wanted to know if you could dive in and tell us more about uh, your experience finding suppliers with affordable packaging while still maintaining the eco-conscious values that Birch Babe has. That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe packaging is a lot cheaper if it's um, plastic. I mean, it probably is. I guess we just never, it was never really on the table. We just knew we always wanted to use glass. And I think um, there's some learnings that happen from a business. Like we've realized now, and when we look at the ingredients and the work that we put into our packaging, like, you know, some things are actually underpriced and they're underpriced because they are made with all organic ingredients. And it's not really the packaging. It's more the ingredients that we put into them. And when my mom had started this, she had started this just so grassroots So there's a few things where we're like, oh, okay, like there's actually room to grow there and people are getting a lot of value for this, for the size and for the quality and that type of thing. But I'd say for packaging, I don't know. I wish I could answer your question and say, 
it's so much cheaper, but we spent all this money on it anyways. But I, we just, plastic was never really an option. So we never really looked at that. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that um, with our sourcing of packaging, it does take more work and more time um, to find items that are ethically sourced and make sure that you know where you're getting stuff from. Uh, it's a global economy. So sometimes we do need to get items from, you know, outside of Canada or North America. And Mm -hmm. that isn't anything on us being like, Oh, you know, we're trying to take the easy way out. It's sometimes like, that's just where you get it from. Like in some cases, like the metal lids for the lips, like for a long time, those are nowhere to be found in North America. And now we've started to find like some different suppliers. So sometimes it just takes time to find things that are closer, things that are um, more local. Um, but it's always just making sure that you know that what you're getting is ethically sourced, um, conscious ingredients. So I hope that answers your question. I will say like some things that we do do, for example, like we were sourcing, um, jars for a bit from Vancouver because we were like, oh, it's Vancouver, it's local. But then we always dig in a little bit deeper. And we found out that that place in Vancouver was actually getting everything from China and we were just buying it from Vancouver, but it was really from China. So in that case, it's like, okay, let's go to the source in China and find out, you know, what are their practices? Are they um, practicing, like maybe this, the place in Vancouver was ethical and they had like sustainable practices, but let's go directly to the source and, and how are they operating as a company? Let's talk to them. Let's learn more about them. Let's find out, you know, how they operate because that's really where we're getting it from. So it's like being mm-hmm. curious and being willing to do the work to dig a little bit deeper. Uh, and then once we're ordering from those suppliers, it's like, okay, we're working with these people, great. Can we get something more local? Is that possible? Uh, and then we do look into those things. So now a lot of our packaging is actually, we've found ways to source it from North America and we know that it's coming from North America, which is amazing. Um, but sometimes you just have to, again, like baby steps there. Um, mm-hmm. And also like, don't be fooled that when you're getting something from North America, it doesn't necessarily mean it's coming from North America. Sometimes it's actually coming from somewhere else. You're just talking mm-hmm. to the North American supplier. True. So it's really getting to the source. Uh, I will mm-hmm. say with ingredients, one thing I'm super proud of with Birch Babe is our lip and cheek tints, for example, we had found out um, because all of our consumers are so savvy and super conscious and they always like reach out and ask us questions. And we love that. It tests us and it allows us to answer confidently and feel like good about, about our answers. And so one of them for a period of time, mica was on the table as like a really unethical ingredient because it was linked back to a lot of child uh, um, slave labor uh, in India, I believe. So a lot of people were like, is there mica in your lip and cheek tints? And, and there was mica in our lip and cheek tints. And we were kind of like, oh my God. So we looked into it and all of our mica was ethically sourced. We confirmed it, but we actually removed mica from the lip and cheek tints for a period of time because we didn't want to be associated with that. Uh, and we didn't mm-hmm. want anyone to think that. And then eventually we realized like we were using beetroot and like vegetable ingredients and you know, mica was just better and it just made the lips last longer. So we went back to mica, but we know like it's coming from North America. We talked to the supplier. We know it's ethically sourced. Like we looked into all the details and we can confidently say like, we're very proud to use this mica. Um, but again, it's like being willing to go, okay, if we're not a hundred percent sure, we're 95% sure we're willing to not use that for a period of time while we do our research. 
-hmm. And then when we're a hundred percent sure, we'll go back to using that. And and Mm -hmm. I, yeah, that's, that's, what I'll have to say. Oh, I really respect that. Like that's, that's very admirable to like really put that much emphasis on your due diligence, but it's also back to the question. Like it's really proof that it is possible. A company can be successful in so many different ways and maintain values of sustainability and ethical product creation. Is that the word product creating, establishing, producing? It's totally possible. I think it's just what you choose to put your energy into. And if you want to put your energy into what the problems are, then you're probably going to focus on the problems. But we only have 24 hours in a day and we only have so much energy that we can use in those 24 hours because we're eating and sleeping and working out and talking to friends and doing other stuff. So you really only have a few hours to like actually focus on your goals. And if your goals are going to be littered with like reasons you can't do something, then I just don't think much is going to get accomplished. That's a mic. That's a mic drop moment right there. Yeah, yeah I like that. I, that'll be our sound bite for the episode. <laughs> yeah. So I we just I just don't I just don't see the problems. You know what I mean? There's always a solution. Like problems exist, but that's why solutions exist too. Um, it's sort of like when I was a kid. I guess I'm still a kid, but people were like, "No, you can't be a fashion designer, or you can't be." Um, you know, this, it's too hard. You can't be an artist. It's too hard. You need to go to school and do this. Um, and I believed that for a bit. And then eventually I was just really unhappy. So I went off and did my own thing and I became a director and I successfully, you know, directed a, a few great things and I'm still doing it. And I went off and I even produced stuff and I didn't know anything about producing, but I think that's the great thing about being younger and shall I use the word, um, naive. And I say naive in a good way, because Mm -hmm. when we don't know anything, it gives us the ability to not be jaded by problems. Mm -hmm. So like I was only be like the first movie I produced got nominated for an Oscar. And I didn't know that. My goodness. Congratulations. That's incredible. That's amazing. Totally bootstrapped. And then I, and then the first um, spot I directed was in LA with the black eyed peas. But I didn't know how to produce anything and I didn't know how to direct anything. I just knew how to put one foot in front of the other. And I think that's sort of how success is built is when you focus on, you know, you focus on the the prize, you focus on what you want, you focus on the solution, you focus on your goal, and you just look at the ways that you can get there as opposed to getting littered with um, confusion and um, wasted energy on the problems because of course there's gonna be problems like that's life that that's so humble that's like such that's a great that's a great story um I hate to derail this and bring it back to the consumer decisions and the conscious buying but I was wondering so so building off of Kendra's question here about the sustainable packaging alternatives on the opposite end of that spectrum um on the supplier spectrum is the consumer end right and so like on the consumer side, conscious decisions are starting to really empower consumers to use their voice to demand change. And, you know, we all love the idea of consumers taking back control and putting their financial pressure on companies to deliver products that don't leave a negative impact on the environment. So how would you say that Birch Babe keeps up transparent conversations with your consumer with your consumer base to basically understand their needs and, you know, fully grasp what they're, what they're wanting in a product? Such a good question. Um, so right now we're pretty fortunate that we're still a bit small, but we're growing quite quickly. So, um, 
this will evolve. Um, but right now we talk to all of our consumers. So when consumers, they email us daily, they Facebook message us daily, they Instagram message us daily, they tag us daily and we love it. And we respond to everything. Maybe there's a couple I might've like missed or we've missed, but it's not very many. And um, the reason we do that is because our community is everything. Um, we don't have the answers. We don't know the answers. We just know we want to make great skincare products that are good for the environment and good for our bodies. And so it's really about listening to what our consumers have to say. So when people say, I want you to make this, or, you know, this isn't working for me, or how do I use this? Or have you thought of that? We really take those into account. We might not be able to do them right away, but we can definitely, we make notes, we share them as a team, and we look into ways that we can create those solutions or use consumers' ideas. Or, you know, when we relaunched October 1st, we reached out to a bunch of like community, you could call them influencers. I like to call them community because we didn't pay anyone. It was more just finding people that we knew were really excited about living sustainably. I'm really excited about skincare or really passionate about nature. And we said, hey, like, would you like some Birch Babe product? We'd love to get your thoughts on it. And we didn't really ask much of them. We, we you know, said, hey, we'd love for you to post a picture, but do what you want and say what you'd like. And everyone really loved that because they got to do it in their own way. They got to celebrate what they thought was really special about living sustainably and clean beauty. And we got to really hear their feedback and their thoughts on our product and take that into account with um, any adjustments or tweaks we were making or different ways that we were communicating to, to the community. Um, and now that we're starting to like evolve and tweak different products and have new products, we have this like bank of people that we've been talking to that have said, I want to try like a blue mascara or can the mascara be waterproof? Or have you thought about making, you know, the woodsy adjacent into a shampoo bar? And we have taken those into account. And now we want to reach out to those people and share these products with them before they launch to have the consumers be part of the conversation to have the consumers be part of um, our feedback, to have them be part of um, their thoughts on like design or the way that it works or how they use it, because um, that's where the best answers come from. Yeah, no, it's very inclusive and it's very important that you bring your community into the discussion and into the products because that's who you're serving, right? So you need all that input. That's very amazing. I love the free range that you also let them have with it too. It's like we just want to have your honest opinion on this on our products and mm-hmm. be creative with how you also tell your story and your journey with sustainability and clean beauty. And that kind of I think helped like really build like an open community where everyone feels trusted. They can like come to you and tell them your, their honest reviews, and then you can listen to them with like full open ears and like actually start a dialogue. So I think that's a lot of work to be congratulated for. <laughs> And we don't get a lot of bad feedback, but sometimes you get feedback where they're like, hey, and then we go, oh, okay, like, why don't we send you this instead? Like, try this, or do you want to try it a different way? And then it allows people to always have a really good experience instead of being like, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Really, like, builds a relationship that way. Mm -hmm. That's a much better approach than to just being like, oh, well, here's a store credit. Oh, like, better luck next time type of thing, you know? It's actually, like, mitigating the problem, which is really important. Um... So given that you're a very eco-conscious company and you take a lot of steps towards mitigating your impact on the planet, have you ever calculated the carbon footprint of Birch Babe? Or if not, what would you estimate it to be around? We have not um, 
that I know of estimate the carbon footprint of Birch Babe yet because we're still very new and we just mm -hmm. moved into a new studio like three months ago. Um, actually, maybe only two months ago. So we haven't done that yet, but it's something that we would definitely love to do. Um, because I think that would be really cool for us. It'd to be see really too. cool. I actually would love to do it because yeah, and like everything just moved so fast for us. Like I, before October first, we were in a much smaller studio, and now we just moved to a much bigger studio. Um, and because we're growing, like we are selling more and more every month. So it's and to more and more places. So I don't know if it'd be possible to find out what our carbon footprint is right now, mm -hmm. but probably in maybe like six months when we have a good estimate on like how much we're ordering from our suppliers, where we're getting this from, um, where we're shipping to on an average, that type of thing. We could probably do that. I know it's something we would love to do. We'd also love to be, um, USDA organic 1% for the planet, but those are all like very lofty goals that, um, take, uh, finances and take mm -hmm. time. So maybe if I can get back to everyone that's listening to this in six months, I was going to say, send us an update let, if you ever do I'll it. let you know. Because we, I'll, I won't speak for everyone, but I am obsessed with carbon footprint. So <laughs> we would all love to know that. <laughs> and I'm sure like maybe someone at the studio has already started to do this and I'm just not mm -hmm. aware of it. So it could be less than six months. Um, but yeah, stuff's just been moving so fast that I do not know. That's and okay. I wish I said. That's all right. Totally set aside from the episode we don't have to keep this in but if you are interested looking into ecological footprint calculations those are really cool like carbon footprint ecological footprint modeling um there's a lot of work actually at our university and not to plug but that's the research that I'm doing so <laughs> it's really really cool if you ever want to look into it I do but, send it to me and I'll definitely yeah. look into it because we would that is just another cool thing that we can be like oh like what are we at like how do we get a little bit better you know it's always mm -hmm. nice to have goals and different challenges we actually we just did um a project with one of our former well one of my former professors one of kendra's current professors um with our university on ecological footprint and we made the big educational package and a presentation and did that ever did he do something yeah. like that yet that's up now. So we have an episode where we talk about ecological footprint yeah. and then he, the ecological footprint initiative through York, all of our, the info package that we did. And then I'm working on the 2021 accounts, which will come out, but the 2020 accounts for the global ecological footprint were released. Oh, a couple like a month of weeks ago? ago. Yeah. 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 So it's fun. There's stuff. a lot of so, data there. If you're interested, cool. we can send you the links cause we've got them all, but yeah. yeah. Send them. Yeah. It's yeah, we it's, will look it's at a big that. field. Yeah. But anyway, sorry to digress. I thought <laughs> fun little information exchange. Yeah. I guess the most the most entertaining and awaited question we have left. Yeah. Uh, it's more of a also like a surprise question too. Oh my god. Kendra, do you want to ask a surprise? <laughs> yeah. Question? All right. I was gonna ask, um, what is your favorite Birch Babe product? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> Big surprise. Well, I'm sure yeah. everyone's got their shopping carts open listening to this. So you might, we might as well give them some tips. I Especially actually me. have to go grab it because it's really funny why it's my favorite product. So okay. okay. Alone for two seconds. Yeah. There is a bit of a story. All right. Okay. So the question is, what is my favorite Birch Bay product? <laughs> so my, I, I always change. It used to be the whipped body butter in vanilla. Cause it's mm -hmm. the best and I still use it every day. I actually can't 
not wear it when I get out of the shower. It like melts into my skin. It's like food skin for my entire body. But then I recently started using like a few months ago, the all natural, the natural glow face serum organic. Uh, we have natural glow face serum, like normal with all natural ingredients. It's a little less expensive. And then we also have the organic natural glow face serum, which is all organic ingredients. It's a bit more expensive, but it's definitely worth it. And what I want to show you is that usually our serum is like this size. Mm -hmm. This is the hair serum. It's also awesome. But because I started using the natural glow face serum so much, I asked my mom to give me <laughs> a bigger one. I love that. So this is like normal. <laughs> wow. So and cute. that's what I have. Um, so it's not for sale at this size. It's ridiculous. Can you see it? Yeah. My light's kind of like. That's funny. Like, oh, weird. That's amazing. Um, so I love it because it's so packed with vitamin C and rosehip extract. It has um, like, it's packed full of every good ingredient you can imagine. Uh, I put it on my face and everyone that I know, including myself that's used it for two weeks continuously, my skin has started to glow from the inside out. And people are like, what's going on with your skin? Because it's literally like food for my skin. Wow. Um, so that's my new favorite thing. And I like, I put it on my face in the morning so I wash my face in the morning with an oatmeal facial bar because it's just like gentle. Mm -hmm. And then I'll put the toner on my face, which is a new favorite thing. Sometimes if I'm just like tired during the day, I'll just spray myself with the toner. Just a spritz. Just a spritz. I just did that. Uh, and then <laughs> I'm spritzed. And then I'll put the serum on afterwards. And then after I put the serum on, I'll use the hydrating face cream during the day because it's lighter. Um, and then at night, I'll use the charcoal face bar because it's like extracts any dirt or impurities. Uh, and then I'll use the serum again, or I'll use the toner and then I'll use the serum again. And then I'll use the rejuvenating face cream because it's just a little bit thicker, a bit more rosehip in there. No one has to have that much of a hardcore skincare regime or have like the different products, but I'm able to because my mom makes everything. Um, but that's kind of like my new routine and the serum's my favorite. Nice. It's good to know. I definitely need that. I'm being way too sleep deprived and my skin is definitely paying the price. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I think a birthday present for myself will to be. Is the serum. And the great thing with the serum is that you can actually use it if you're like, oh, I can't get the face cream and I can't get the soap. And I can't, it's like, you can use the serum as the face cream too. Like it, it, it works as both. So you don't even really mm. need face cream. You can just use the serum. So that's why I love it. You can just like care if like your skin gets dry during the day and you're not wearing makeup because it's COVID and like no one goes out anymore. You can just like put serum on it. I love that. It's a good idea. That's awesome. Honestly, it has been so fun and extremely educating uh, speaking with you today. We really admired your products and what your company stands for for quite some time now. So it was really cool actually taking the time to get a more intimate look at what it takes to maintain a clean and sustainable beauty company. So thank you so much, Kelsey, for joining us today. Thank you Thank for you. having me. Thank you me. so much Thank for coming. You. This was such a pleasure to have you on and talk to you again. Ever so since fun. our first meeting with you, we were just we're so excited to talk to you again and just hear more about it. This is awesome. And if there was anything we talked about today that sparked your interest or got your research juices flowing, head over to our website and you can find the sources we each used in today's episode. And as always, thank you for joining us in our little corner of the internet. 
You can find us on our Instagram at Green and Gritty Podcast or on our Facebook at Green and Gritty. We would love to hear from all of our incredibly brilliant listeners. All right, so this is Green and Gritty signing out. Bye! Bye.